Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Wednesday, July the 26th. And welcome to our commentary. Just a quick heads up. Uh, we recorded today the Week in Review. That's the podcast uh, with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. You can pick it up uh, on my blog or on Blog Talk Radio. You can also pick it up at Twitter uh, where I post uh, the podcast. So check it out because we went into a lot of stories. Of course, the big story in the country today is the Hunter Biden plea agreement that sort of fell apart at the courthouse today. Exactly what's going to happen now, uh, your guess is as good as mine. But this was not the plan. The plan that the Hunter Biden legal team had was to go in and get this done and walk out with a plea agreement. That didn't happen. And as I said, what happens next, uh, your guess is as good as mine, but it could be it could be more problems. You you just never know. We'll have to keep an eye on that uh, particular situation. Well, I have a post over at the American Thinker today, Wednesday morning, talking about July 26. July 26 uh, is a very important day in Cuban history. As uh, many of you know, I was born in Cuba and came here with my parents uh, when I was uh, when I was 12 years old. Actually, that's when I came over. And um, Moncada, which is what this day is known as. Uh, is one of those days that you talk to your parents a great deal. And just to, uh, for those of you who may not be familiar with the story, on July 26, 1953, in other words, 70 years ago today, a group of people headed by Fidel Castro and his brother attacked a fortress in eastern Cuba in the city of Santiago. The fortress was called Moncada. That was the name of the of the base, military base or fortress, whatever whatever you want to call it. They went in. They attacked uh, the facility. It turned out to be a, a terrible disaster for the people attacking. Most of them were killed. Most were captured. Fidel Castro himself was not actually involved in the attack. Uh, he was more in the background uh, giving orders or whatever. But he was arrested, too, as well as all the others. And he was arrested, and he was found guilty of, uh, I, I guess that would be insurrection uh, back then. Now, that's a real insurrection. Uh, back then. He was found guilty of that. He was sentenced to X number of years in jail, and that's uh, where the story ended as far as this day was concerned. And for the next couple of years, he was in jail in uh, in the Isle of Pines, which is where they have a massive jail there uh, in, in that uh, island, which is to the south of, of Cuba. Then in 1955, uh, Batista, who was president at the time, decided to do a general amnesty. He figured, well, you know, you know, this thing is over. We're not going to punish these people anymore. So he granted a full amnesty to all of the people involved with this who were in jail. He granted them an amnesty, and then Castro left Cuba, uh, and then he moved to Mexico. And in Mexico, this is where he met uh, Che Guevara, who would be another important figure in the in that uh, in that so-called revolution. And, and then they, they took a ship to Cuba at the end of 1956. They landed in Cuba again. Uh, they were devastated by Batista. The forces were, uh, the, the Batista's military just about wiped out most of them. I think that something like 80 landed on the shore and like 13 uh, survived. They went into the mountains. And for the next year or so, I mean, they were pretty much of an insignificant force uh, in the mountains. But, you know, they had some support in Cuba, but certainly not not as much as uh, you would want to believe. 
by the end of 1958, uh, when Batista left the country, Castro came in, and that's uh, pretty much how he came how he came into power. But of course, the story of Cuba since Castro came to power has been a story of dictatorship and a story of political prisons and oppression and, and executions. And in my uh, American Thinker article, I point uh, to one of the great books written by one of the great political prisoners, Armando Valladares, who wrote a book uh, called Against All Hope. And he wrote a book about his time in one of these uh, political prisons. And again, it was just a horrible life that these political prisoners had. Valladares was able to leave the country eventually and, and, write, uh, and write that book. But the reason that uh, Castro was able to survive all those years in Cuba was, of course, because he had Soviet support. Once he came in, uh, he, you know, he became uh, an ally of the Soviet Union, and that pretty much uh, changed everything because now it was a question of the United States versus the Soviet Union, and the United States was not going to go to the Soviet go to war with the Soviet Union over Cuba. So that sort of consolidated the Castro dictatorship all those years. But it is really a very sad day, one that I have often often spoke to my parents about, because my parents were part of that generation. They were the generation. They were, you know, the generation that was born in the late 1920s. Uh, they were part of that generation that was frustrated with Cuba because they saw too much political corruption. But at the same time, they weren't necessarily calling for radical change uh, because the truth is that Cuba in the, in the late 1950s was enjoying a tremendous round of prosperity and Cubans were actually doing quite well in, in the 1950s under, under Batista. But nevertheless, there was some dissatisfaction and, and then once, you know, once uh, the Bay of Pigs failed, then you had the missile crisis. After that, you had the Soviets in Cuba. And once the Soviets got in Cuba, it was very, very difficult uh, to overthrow Castro. And there he's been in power uh, for almost 60 years, although, of course, he did pass away seven years ago. His brother is still pretty much running things. They have a token president uh, in the absence of his brother. But, uh, you know, the Castro family is still running running the island. So, you know, a lot of Cubans, we look back at this day, particularly Cubans like me, who grew up in the United States, and we feel sad. But I know in the case of my parents, when they look back at this day, uh, they, they, they felt even sadder, because uh, everything about Cuba was turned upside down by the events that started on this day 70 uh, years ago today. A lot of people have asked over the years, why did Batista release Castro? Why did he not have Castro serve a full term in jail? That, that's one of those questions that we can speculate. I think some people feel that he wanted to do uh, an amnesty, sort of wanted to heal the country. Other people felt he was naive. Either way, it, it was probably something he regretted uh, eventually because Castro became his nemesis and overthrew him in 19, uh, 1959. So July 26, 1953, a day that Cubans remember and a day that uh, changed uh, our lives, really, in many ways. Probably my family would have never left Cuba without the events of July 26, 1953. So it's one of those defining moments in, in the lives of most Cubans, one way or another. So Moncada, that was, the name of the, that was the name of the fortress. And if you have a chance, check out my post at the American Thinker, where I go into a little bit more detail about the whole story. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.